Greetings and welcome to the Pampering Myself podcast and advocacy for self-care. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and most importantly, we'll learn that you can't pour from an empty cup. You'll hear stories, interviews, and conversations which will empower you in living your best life. Greetings and welcome, podcast listeners, to another episode of Pampering Myself. My name is Pam Jones, a, also known as Jonesy, and I'm sitting here today with Rosie Chapman. And I have to say that I am blown away because before this interview, Rosie has for the last uh, 45 minutes introduced me to a whole new world of art And it is just amazing. Some of the things that um, she was able to accomplish and actually prove that art therapy is real. But we're going to talk about today art in general. And Rosie's contact information will be on the show notes as well as uh, any additional information about her. And it is just so overwhelming And I'm pleased to be in her presence because she is truly an expert in this field of art therapy. So I'm just going to read a brief bio. Rosie Chapman, also known as Miss Rosie, has been performing as a storyteller for 20 years. Her unique form of entertainment has entertained and educated audience of all ages throughout the United States, Australia, Germany, and Scotland. Once you have participated in a lively experience with Miss Rosie, you will always remember it. And I can attest to that. She engages the audience by turning them into actors in folk tales and life stories from Africa, African-American, Native Americans, and Aborigines, as well as from many other cultures around the world. Singing, dancing, and her 25 African instruments accompany her storytelling performance. And that's how I met Rosie some, how many years ago? Five, six. It's been longer than that. I know. You know how when you get a certain age, everything Mm -hmm. seemed like yesterday. Mm -hmm. So it might have been about 10 years. You were the president Mm -hmm. of the Detroit Association of Black Storytellers, uh, which I'm still a part of. And it has been an awesome experience. But at that time, you were the president. So I want to just talk about briefly, how did you get into storytelling? By accident. <laughs> I, I understand by accident. So let so share with us. Uh, I was um, I started out making dolls as a form of uh, therapy for myself. And um, one year I didn't do a doll show and they asked me, what are you going to do next year? You're going to do the doll show. And I'm like, no, I think I'll be a storyteller. Um, They said, you are? I said, no, I'm going to be. I had a dream about it, so I'm going to be a storyteller. So this person went back to their school and told their principal that they had met a wonderful storyteller. The principal called me and said, I hear you're a wonderful storyteller. Can you come perform for us? I said, no, no, I am not a storyteller. I'm going to be. She goes, well, I'm giving you two months. (laughs) And it just so happened, like within a week of that, I went to a librarian's um, conference and they had a session on storytelling with puppets. I'm like, oh, that's what it is. You use puppets. Because I had never seen a storyteller. So I went to the workshop on using puppets. So I was making dolls. So I figured I could make puppets. So I made a wolf and I made a pig. And I did those with the stories. The first session I did and the kids were bored. And I went behind the curtain. I prayed. I'm like, Lord, I can't do the second show like this because the first one didn't work. The Lord said, use the people in the audience as your as your puppets. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started. And that's how I've been doing it for over. It's been 24 years, 25 years now. Wow. And 25. I know you said you made a puppet because um, after viewing all of the things that you do, you, you sew. Yeah, I've been sewing since I was 12. So you sew, you draw. Yes. I mean, you actually have a ability to do all of the things that come with creating and designing and doing different things yourself. How did you come about all those gifts? 
Uh, by accident. Everything, <laughs> I, you know, I shouldn't even say accident because I guess it's all in divine order. It, it, it wasn't anything I had planned. When I started making dolls, I was going through post-traumatic stress disorder. I had um, had uterine cancer. Didn't know I had cancer. I had surgery. Then they told me I had cancer. And four weeks later, I had another surgery. And I, at the time, I worked in a maximum security facility for juvenile delinquent boys. It's like a boys' prison mm. in Detroit. So um, five months after um, my surgery, I decided I was going to go back to school so I could be a therapist to help children in need like these boys. They weren't getting any therapy. So I said, I want to be a therapist. So I applied to go to U of M to be in a certain program. And um, oh, maybe three weeks after I applied to go to U of M, uh, U of M uh, three boys tried to escape and they threw me down a flight of stairs. Oh, and wow. I landed on my back on a cement landing. Mm. So I said, okay, maybe this was not meant to be uh, for me to work with these children. Um, so I went home for about a week or two, and they made me come back to work. And I worked a day, and I'm like, my back was in pain. I couldn't walk very well. Um, so I came home. And then uh, the next week, somebody else was attacked, and where they were men. And they gave the men a medical leave. They would not give me a medical leave. They gave the men a medical leave. Aww. So I applied for a medical leave. I saw the person to talk to for uh, employee assistance. And they said, you have post-traumatic stress disorder. I said, well, I can't sleep. I don't eat. She goes, you have post-traumatic stress disorder. I didn't know that what that was. Anyway, now, what I, year was this about? Um, 1993. Okay. And then I went to U of M. Um... I got accepted to U of M, not in a program I wanted to get into. I got accepted in school social work. That's not the program I wanted. But then I found out a social worker could be a therapist. And I did my internship as a therapist, my practicum as a therapist in Detroit for a year. Okay. And then I got my job as a school social worker in Utica. So your concentration was in art therapy? No, I have another master's. I got another master's seven years ago, six years ago from Wayne State in art therapy. Okay. So I have two masters, one a master's in social work from U of M and one okay. a master's actually in art education with a concentration in art therapy and did not know I had been doing art therapy for the last 25 years. Okay, so that's why you went back to get the master's mm -hmm. because you had been doing the art mm -hmm. therapy. Yes. So that was really smart. Now, when you were at this boys home you said is a boys maximum maximum security facility okay you were there do. as a therapist no i was a like a glorified guard oh my goodness okay that was my job okay <laughs> all right and that is why you got into the social work that's exactly because right. of your own personal experience yes okay because i wanted to prevent children from having to be locked up i wanted to do preventative because this intervention wasn't working. Um, we were called youth specialists, mm -hmm. but we were just there to watch the kids when they mm -hmm. walked in and out of the building, or not in and out of the building, but were in the building, or when they went to gym, or when they watched TV, or when they were eating. Okay. We were just like guards. So that you weren't it. providing any services Zero. or anything? They were not receiving any help. Okay. Now, I did recognize that you also, um, at Kent State, you were involved in theater arts. My major was English. My minor was theater. So you're pretty rounded and, <laughs> and a lot of different. Come on, sp spell it out for our <laughs> listening audience because I have just been amazed uh, for, like I said, the last 45 minutes <laughs> and just all she can do. So run it all down in the different things that you use and tell us how, I know you kind of touched on how it has helped you, but you're still doing it today. You say some 25 years uh, later, you showed me works that you've done way years ago, and it's um, it's all relevant. Yes, and I, I dream every, I dream everything. I, I, I would say I dream not everything. Maybe 95% of my work is from dreams. When I work with children, though, I... Um, I try to do stuff that will bring out their feelings, mm -hmm. whether it is drawing, whether it is painting, whether it's just cutting up words out of a magazine and, and gluing them in a book. 
It's whatever they are feeling. And a lot of kids don't talk about their feelings, but they'll draw about it. Right. They will they will they will color. Right, absolutely. Now your school system still has art. They have art, yes, one day a week. Okay. I remember years ago, and I, I can't confirm this or not, there was a move or push to take art out of the classrooms. Art gym, when schools um, are struggling financially, those are the first things to go. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, that's, that's not something that's beneficial because we know now that art is a form of therapy, whether we want to recognize it as such or not. Yes. And so it helps everyone from the youngest to the oldest. Absolutely. What, um, what is art? In your definition, what is art? Well, art, it, it, I guess it depends on who the person is because some people think art, you have to be trained to be an artist, that art doesn't come from the heart. But I think art comes from the heart, the mind, all of that working together. And you don't have to have training for it. It's whatever you see. Just like I forgot the name of the artist that was throwing the paint mm -hmm. on the canvas. I, there was a, his name, they made a movie about him. Mm -hmm. And he just flung paint on canvas and made a lot of money doing it. Right. And people said that was art. There was a play I went to one time. And it was all about a painting that was just white. And people had a fight about that because they said, that's not art. Yeah, it's art. Mm -hmm. So it's whatever you feel, whatever you think, that's art to you. I guess you're right. Um, so art could also be uh, working with, uh, like you say, your sewing machine. Yes, that's a, my, my grandmother was a quilter. Okay. And I felt that that was her form of art therapy okay. for her making quilts. Uh, because that was something she did totally by hand. She never used a sewing machine. And I have a quilt she made for me. I think it's 35 years, 40, it's 40 years old now, that she did all by hand. But that was therapy for her after working out in the field, and she had her own cotton fields and everything. But that was her therapy. So when I did my, my, my paper, we had to do an art paper for um, our master's program. So we had to do an art therapy paper. And mine was using photography as a therapeutic tool for middle-class African-American women. Boom. Nice. Yes. And yes. I used two of my friends and myself as the um, as a, as a, the case the case study, um, yeah. And they had to take pictures of different feelings, emotions of places where they were um, asked to do some okay. things. I know there's an artist. Uh, she's passed away, Annie Lee. I was a collector oh, yes. of her pieces. Oh, I have one. Too. And mo the reason why I liked her pieces so much is because they didn't have a face. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yet you could see yourself. And I think that was the intent of the mm -hmm. artist to be able to see yourself in whatever piece it was. So That's I right. always bought pieces that I felt. Mm -hmm. And it was um, it was a really nice collection. I, I probably have about 10 of her pieces. Wow. Unfortunately, I have two that are collector's items, but I miss both times she was here locally mm -hmm. to get them signed. Mm -hmm. That would have been nice. Away. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yes. Now, when we talk about um, art, obviously, looking at your pieces, there's a lot of creativity in it. Mm -hmm. So where do you get your inspiration from the creativity, all the fabrics and things that you put together? The um, You can see there's purpose in it. There's patience. And I can see art as a teaching you a lot of different things that I've gathered from just looking at your pieces. I see a lot in it. Um, how does it relax you if everything is so perfect and, and, and look like it's tedious? Because I'm just thinking about my own experience when, <laughs> thanks to you, I learned how to use the silhouette machine, which is a cutting machine. And I remember how stressful I was in learning the machine itself. How do you um, relax, or how did you learn to relax in doing it, and where do you get your creativity from? My creativity, again, I dream it. My creativity comes from dreams. I dream stuff, and therefore, because I dream stuff, and because it keeps me from sleeping, I will wake up at 4, sometimes 3 o'clock in the morning, and I work. I used to make dolls. I only slept an hour a night for two years, an mm. hour a night. And at that time, I was a student at U of M 
traveling to Ann Arbor three days a week, and I slept an hour a night. I was making dolls all night, or I would study all night. Okay. So now I go to bed around 8, 9 o'clock, but I get up around 3, and that's when I have my creative energy, and that's when I have the, like the insight of something that I can do. And like I showed you a picture that I did before I went to work one day. Right. It was a watercolor <laughs> picture. Just threw it together because I knew I was going to have a bad day. I just had a feeling. But I said, you know what? You can't go to work like this. You can't go to work with a bad attitude. So let's do some art. So I threw together a watercolor painting. And, and I thought that was amazing because I'm mm -hmm. thinking you got up and sat down mm -hmm. and painted a picture before you went to work. Most of us, if you're like me, I'm getting up with just enough time <laughs> to do what I have to do. But that helped you through. So, that, I mean, yes. that's confirmation. Yes. That's confirmation that that therapy helped you because you knew what you had ahead. Mm -hmm. And yet you were able to. Um, so how did that day? How did that day turn out? It was excellent. It was excellent. As a matter of fact, I don't even know how to do watercolor. I, I just do it. I have never had a watercolor painting class. I taught my granddaughter how to do watercolor painting nine years ago. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. And when I did that watercolor picture, mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm, not, I'm like, okay, it can't be any worse than acrylic, so I'll just throw some watercolor on some paper. Um, and the watercolor, which after I took these classes at, at Wayne, Using certain mediums also help you to relax. If you're, if you're somebody who has to have control, then maybe you need to do some watercolor because you don't have a lot of control with watercolor. Okay. And I think that's, and I'm thinking about it now, I think that's why I did watercolor that day and not acrylic. Mm -hmm. I did watercolor and not a pencil drawing okay. because I needed to let things flow. I need to let things go. And that's what that watercolor paint did for okay. me. Okay, there's a difference. Do in the you medium. color with crayons? Because oh, I know my uh, students, coloring books are a big thing. Now. My students, I sometimes I make my students use crayons because I make them feel like they're a kid again. Because a lot of students, they feel like they have all this responsibility at home, right. and right. you know they can't be kids. But when they use those crayons, they're like kids again. Mm -hmm. Something they haven't experienced in a while. Because kids don't use crayons too much anymore. Right, and I think that might be true with the adults, too. Mm -hmm. but, but here's what I see with some of these coloring books. Have you ever seen these Zen coloring books? Yeah, they're hard. Oh, my goodness. They're hard. I, don't, I, I mean, have some. I don't use them. <laughs> right. I don't when like I first them. saw it and, it, and the whole purpose of it is supposed to uh, relax you, but yet I'm looking at those thousand squares on there that I have to color. It's tedious. And Yes, and, and it'll take me a week. Yeah, which is why I don't use, I never use those with my students, ever. Okay, so it's not just me. No. And I remember I was on a um, cruise earlier this summer and went to this class. It was a Zen Ooh. coloring class on wow. the ship. And got there, and that's exactly what it was. A bunch mm. of pencils, colored pencils, crayons, mm. and one of those starbursts. And we were... Instructed to color those. Now, first of all, I know I'm not going <laughs> to sit there that long to color them. I didn't get enough colors. I mean, no way. No people end up ha getting into conversation about other things and really not even paying attention to the coloring. It's so too I stressful. Didn't see that. Yeah. yeah, it's too stressful. I don't do that. So I don't know um, what the purpose of that. I have seen other coloring books that were um, better. Mm -hmm. You know, pictures like your picture you showed me of the flower mm -hmm. the flower and I asked you did you trace that or <laughs> was it a drawing to be able to just carefree hand-free doing that so that that's a gift you have mm -hmm. of course not me I would have to find a picture to color or something of that nature but you're right coloring with crayons or pencils and things take you back to a time when you were a kid absolutely and you don't have to really focus you can just freehand and, and in your mind yeah and your mind is just relaxed mm -hmm. so when we think of um art in a form of therapy i wonder why not too many people do it why, I why guess, is it the, not the go-to i guess because they understand that there's also drama therapy there's drama therapy art therapy uh dance therapy there are different therapies so you can do dance as, as your therapy so why do people not find a form of therapy, regardless of uh, which one it is, mm -hmm. 
um, and use it. For me, it, it's massages. Uh, a couple of times a year, I'll go down to the casino where they allow you to spend all day mm-hmm. and do the whirlpool, the sauna, get a massage, Never sit that. by the pool. Oh, yes. And as long as you are either... Um, Checked into a room, all of that's free. But if you just go like I do, I pay for the massage and you have access to all the other stuff all day. And a friend of mine, we we do it maybe twice a year and we will um, just relax. That is nice. I never knew that. The other times, uh, the corner massages, I call them corner massages. But you can go and have a massage and then they kick you out. But here at the casino, we get to put on those nice uh, white robes and slippers. And the room is the ambiance in the room. They bring you the teas, the fruits and and things. And you just enjoy and it's a day of relaxation. That's nice. When we finish, we go over to the buffet. We Mm -hmm. eat. I don't gamble. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm just there solely for the relaxation and then there's yoga different other exercises or other things that people can do but when people talked about being stressed out Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily find one of those um, outlets so it's trying to get them to understand the um, different outlets yes I know I know a lot of people too they they turn to like maybe drinking or or smoking or right you know that's they thought they figured that's going to relax them but it comes back. Yeah, know, it comes back. It's comes temporarily. Back. It's very uh, and then you're you're actually injecting something negative. That's not good for your uh, in your body. No, no. I just want to read you this um, little clip here from mm-hmm. this study that was done. In your opinion on it? Okay. It says the study was designed. It was a study of art therapy on stress and anxiety of employees. Mm. The study was designed to determine if art therapy has an effect on stress and anxiety of employees. The results Mm. demonstrated that before and after art therapy in the study group, the level of stress indicator, which is cortisol, cortisol, over 24 hours and also the state of anxiety decreased significantly. These findings suggest that art therapy for employees is preventive measure for a person to understand stress situations and to be capable to manage their anxiety, react act adequately, and to cope with stress, thus improving the quality of life by creative means. Mm-hmm. So why or why have not employers gotten that message? I don't understand why employees don't even encourage their people to even get therapy, period. They, it's not one of those things that, that insurances will cover. They'll cover like six visits to a therapist. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've been a therapist for 24 years, and um, a lot of insurances won't even cover more than six visits. And I, and I don't understand that either. Why not they have all. not recognized, uh-uh. I mean, today now with the technology, so you have emails, employees have cell phones that mm-hmm. they take home. So they're expected to be available 24-7. Exactly. And you are expected to do more with less. And not be stressed. And at, right. <laughs> so why they why they have not gotten it, I don't know. I don't and that's why you have people that are unfortunately um, going in, shooting up um, places of employment. You have people going out on stress because it, it's real. Uh, heart disease is the number one cause of death among women and the number one cause of the heart disease is stress. And you know, another thing I don't understand is why schools do not have more social workers, people in the school, more counselors and social workers to help the children so that even regular ed kids are not getting the help. So you're, you're, you're limited to working with special ed kids. And then you have all this, you know, the other 75% of the kids who are not getting any Mm -hmm. counseling or extra attention that need the attention too. They're not getting therapy, right? but they're still not getting the extra help at school. And they need that. The social worker or counselor that can help them talk through whatever their issue is at right. school. Now, I have, I have the belief that talking out the problems, whether it's with the adult or someone um, in the school, like you say, a social worker, mm-hmm. um, that can get that point across or get that child to open up about something, 
but I know that personally, I know there are other people who think opening up that can of worms um, shouldn't should be done in a safe. Well, I agree, a safe environment, but shouldn't always be done in certain places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. So if not at the school and the parents aren't willing or see that a child needs help, then where? They're not going to get it. They're not going to get it because they'll go to their friends. And so what happens is they Mm self-medicate. So by the time they get to be 11, 12, they're now drinking or smoking Mm -hmm. or doing whatever it is to make them feel better. Right. So And it's happening to younger and younger kids. Because they're not getting the help. Right. And I can remember people saying before, uh, what do they have to be so stressful Mm. about? They're just kids. But still, um, I saw an article or saw a program uh, commercial about Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. And Sesame Street is introducing a new character um, that they have the one with autism. I forgot the other character, but it's it's an adult problem. Oh, the opioid, opioid, opioid issue. Really? This this child is talking about the um, problems that are in her family. Now, there's two schools of thought. One thing, mm. one thought is that is an adult problem, and yes, that is an adult problem. But the children in the family are the ones that are catching it because of all the things. So they don't have it as a live character on the program, but they have it on their website. So I went to their website because I didn't even know they were that deeply involved. I I went to the website and they have a host of videos on different circumstances. And the last new character they introduced was the one with autism. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really nice because they're talking about how kids react to children with autism mm-hmm. and how you shouldn't tease them and different things. So, you know, Sesame Street is always trying to um, make things come on a kid's level. Mm-hmm. But when they talked about the addiction, I I was I felt some kind of way about it until I actually went to the website and yeah. viewed it. And yeah. yes... On the website, okay. I don't know how they would bring that character in. Well, I, you know, I wish they did that more for kids because um, they do it for sixth graders. They have the D.A.R.E. program. They talk about drugs and stuff. But I can't tell you how many kids in the second grade, first grade, third grade whose parents are incarcerated right. or whose parents are drug addicted and they have to right. live with their grandparents or an auntie because their mom has to keep going to rehab. Mm-hmm. And so these kids are coming to school with baggage. Right. And nobody is addressing that part at all. And then we wonder why they're acting out. Right. And they send them mm-hmm. to me. They said, Ms. Chapman, you need to talk to somebody. Why? Well, you know, she's got problems today. I don't even know the child. But the child will tell me, you know, I live with my grandmother and my mom. You know, she keeps having to go to rehab. And Honey, you're in the fourth grade. What do you know about rehab? Right. It's very sad. Yes, it is. But nobody talks to children about this. So in your school system, is it in all of the Utica school system, there's social workers? We have 13 and a half social workers for 39 schools. Wow. So are you stationary or are you traveling? I have three buildings. Last year I had four buildings. Okay. Then... And there. I have, a, I have a, over 100 kids that I have to see every week, every other week at least. Interesting. And then I'm going to move to a different point about now who takes care of the social workers Nobody. and the teachers. I, I'm, Nobody. I'm, not, I'm laughing, but it is not funny at all. But let me ask, do the schools in the inner city have social workers? Every school district has social workers. Some have more than others. Some buildings in in certain districts, they have one social worker per school. Um, We don't have that privilege. We don't have one social worker per school. Some school districts have two social workers. One works with special ed, one works with general ed. And so they're supposed to be able to work with this whole population of Mm -hmm. students. No, ours, we just work with special ed. Okay. But if, if a teacher needs me to talk to a general ed student, I never tell them no. Okay. Do parents have to give permission or is permission just inherently granted because you're there? 
Let's put it this way. If a child said they're going to kill himself, I don't need permission from the parent. Okay. <laughs> so I and would if, talk to Or them. if teachers recognize something mm-hmm. yeah. so that then, needed to be addressed immediately. Yeah. So if the child told me he's going to kill himself, then immediately after I finish talking to the child, I have to call the parent. The parent has to come in and talk to me and the principal. So, yeah. Then I, you know, I, I didn't have their permission, but if, if a child is um, a danger to himself or to others, mm-hmm. that's immediate. Okay, so we I don't even want to get into the whole routine of all those school shootings because obviously somewhere along the line, someone had to recognize mm-hmm. something in those children who were shooting up in the schools. And everybody who ever talked about those kids who were doing the shootings, they all, all said that the, that child was troubled. It wasn't somebody said, oh, I'm surprised. They were never surprised. Mm-hmm. They were never surprised. Okay. There are signs. There are always signs. Right. Well, I want to get back to the, the students that, um, or the staff, the social workers, the uh, teachers, the principals, the people who have uh, who are dealing with these students. When we talk about the um, stress and relaxation, uh, you said no one's concerned about the social workers uh, and and the teachers. I'm sure too. People just send their kids to school and and they're expected to get an education, but a lot of times they don't know what these kids do once they get to school. Exactly. How they act or respond. And I know that um, everyone has a responsibility. And I know you shared with me a lot of um, how you handle the kids in your therapy. Like you just said, you had 25 kids do a project. That was in three. That was in four different buildings. That was 25 kids spread over four different buildings. I did that project. Okay. So that's not a lot of kids then. It no. it would seem like um so let me let me ask you back to this question of the art then. What are their art classes? Are they guided art classes or you just go to a classroom and you just do a project? I don't teach art, but the art teacher they have a project they, they do in the art class. Okay. But and when they meet with me, when I do groups it could be art, or well, a lot of times it is art. It could be art working with an, a partner, which is what I've been doing for the last month or so, is doing um, communicating and how to communicate when we do it through art. Yeah, I was fascinated about the one you showed me about the aisle, the O-W-L, and your interpretation and how you came about doing it. That is um, fascinating, and that was the one that you did with the class, right? That I had to do for a course, yes. Yeah, so were you surprised by uh, the results of what was going on? After it all came together, after my after I dreamed it, created the art piece, didn't understand what it meant, but that was the, the, the um, whole idea behind the art project, that your dreams do tell you what's going to happen. Absolutely. Your dreams are like that. And so when it actually happened, I'm like, it was all in the dream. It was it, it came to fruition. Mm. Exactly what I had dreamed, but I didn't know that's what it meant when I dreamed it. Okay. So what about the students when they did this project? Were you surprised, concerned or anything at any of the, res- the results? I was very pleased when they did it because a lot of my children that were doing the project, um, not a lot of them, but several were autistic, several were um, ADHD. Uh, so therefore, when they did this, the ADHD children focused, they were able to focus, they were able to complete their project, they were able to sew, they were able to do things with me that they couldn't do in the art class. For some reason, they didn't stay focused in art class. I don't know why, but they did when they did their projects with me. And they were amazing because they had to draw the project, okay. they had to color code what that drawing was going to look like in fabric Mm-hmm. They had to pick out the fabric. And this took a period of weeks to do all this because I only had them for like 20, 30 minutes each time. So I'm surprised at that because, of course, what I read earlier, the research shows, and I know there's a lot of um, studies out there that show the benefits of it. Um, have you ever considered having a full class? I mean, probably with limited students, but... It, because it would work better that way. But has the school ever thought about it? Or have you ever thought about 
having your own classroom? Yes, I've thought about it after I retire. <laughs> so I'm retiring in a few months, and so that is my goal when I oh, retire good. is okay. to develop that kind of program where kids will be sewing, when they, where they will be doing art that will be therapeutic for them. Right. That is my Absolutely. goal. Absolutely, because, I mean, obviously it does show um, there's some benefits. And I know there's a new nursing home that opened up on Garfield, and they've been posting on Facebook all the art projects I and things. Those. Yes, that these seniors yes. are doing. And I talked to you about the dolls because you made dolls. And I mm -hmm. know when my mother-in-law was in a um, nursing home, I saw people there holding mm -hmm. those dolls. Mm -hmm. I mean, those types of things, not that they were making them, but they were um, still they something can relate that, to them. Yeah, they can relate to them. So those would be things that uh, children could make or, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's just something to give away to know that it would be beneficial to someone else. I had an art teacher who collaborated with me. And I, she talked about my quilts that I had done, my art quilts. And um, she goes, I wish my students could do that. I said, I tell you what, why don't we have them make a block? All they have to do is make a block. And I brought in the fabrics for them. And she did it with four classes. They just made one block. And they sat there and had to hand stitch a block. Four strips of fabric. They had to hand stitch it. But it was a process, picking out the fabric, using right. the right thread for the for the fabric, and taking her time with every stitch. Mm. She said it made a big difference. I had some kids tell me, I said, what do you think of this project? When they were sewing for the first time with the sewing machine, fourth, fifth graders. I said, what do you think of this? And they said, it's very satisfying. Those That's what words. I mean, right. Satisfying. I can, I can see that. And, and to give it away, you know, they would know that they can create this mm -hmm. and that it would benefit someone else to exactly. even uh, would give them some satisfaction. So I want to play this um, video that I, um, well, it's an audio that I saw on television. And I think, uh, as I mentioned, you had posted first. And it gave me some ideas from a personal perspective of how to um, relax at home. But this was what a school district did for their own teachers and staff. So let's listen to this. A former classroom in Ward Melville High School has been transformed into a space called Wellville, where teachers and staff can come during the day to refresh and recharge. School officials say that it is needed to help teachers and staff cope with the stresses of today's world. There are so many challenges that affect teachers and staff members every day. was awesome because you can only imagine sometimes you know when you're at work um, whether it's in a school system uh, on a assembly line or whatever kind of work you do you get um, a little stressed out mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to be able to go into a space right there on the work site and um, just relax and release all that stress there now imagine the teachers go back in the classrooms, and I think the, the article went on to talk about, because it was also an article printed, how the teacher can relate to these students in a better way. Mm -hmm. um, the students become better responsive, and then they go home and, and may act a better. So it is something that this social worker came up with, an idea that she came up with and wrote the proposal, and this school district um, went with it, and they're trying to model it throughout their um, district. That should be something 
everywhere. I would love to have it in my school district. The teachers get they get a half an hour for lunch and then they get an hour for prep. Um, but now a lot of times there are no substitute teachers, so the teacher loses her prep hour because the kid doesn't the student doesn't get to go to art or gym. So it's it's a snowball effect. So now teachers are even more stressed because right. they don't get that one hour for prep. Right. So they're working the entire day. Do they still get a lunch? They get to have our lunch, but that's oh, it. Oh, yeah. So whatever, that would be a place to go escape even for a half hour, but that's not enough time when no. you're dealing with screaming kids or mm -hmm. or uh, Johnny want to keep going to the bathroom. This one over here won't stop talking. And it's so very stressful now. I, I can imagine. And a lot of kids uh, don't have respect for adults, so that makes it even worse and for them to just have those um, 30 minutes. But if there was somewhere to go, because if mm -hmm. I could go sit in a chair for 30 minutes, I might be able to take that massage on my back or close my eyes for 30 minutes then to eat that sandwich <laughs> or, or eat that sandwich while I'm sitting in that mm -hmm. chair. So it has, um, it inspired me, like I had shared with you, to uh, create a serenity room in my house. Um, and it, it's in my basement and be able to go there, um, just just as a, my own personal space to to be able to relax. But I think that's something everybody needs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, something that will make you be able to relieve stress. Now at work, I might go sit in my car. Well, I leave the building. I I have to leave the building, even if I just drive around the block. Right. I, a lot of days, I'll just get in my car and just leave the building just to get away. Yes. Just for a few minutes, even. Right. A lot of teachers don't have that flexibility where they can do that. Okay. Just get in the car and drive, you know, and then come back. I'm fine. Okay. Driving relaxes me. And I was going to say, too, I did not take any art classes until... The summer before I graduated from Wayne with my art education degree, mm. they they weren't supposed to let me in the program, but the teacher, the uh, advisor said, you know what, we're going to let you in. You just have to have 15 credits of art before you graduate. So that summer before I graduated, I took 12 credits of art from Oakland Community College, wow. and that's how I got wow. my art credits in. <laughs> and I did I did learn art from from um, from art teachers for the first time. Well, you besides would never my know it. Besides my doll making, but that yes, was Yes, you would never know it because you have a, a beautiful display of art all over, and it is really uh, inspirational. Thank you. I want you to um, think about some um, words of wisdom you'd like to share as far as uh, art therapy while I give these couple of points from this study that they talked about uh, what art does. So the study I was referencing early showed that art therapy has the following effects. It improved employee well, feeling well shown by changes in indicators such as accelerated heart rates, um, headaches, feeling of pressure and pain in the chest, and becoming easier to fall asleep. And that is um, important because if you don't get enough sleep, um, well, you managed all them years to Two years. to uh, get a minimum amount of sleep. But research do show that we should have at least seven hours of sleep. And you said something interesting about your art. You said that you dream it. So mm -hmm. that tells me you actually go into a deep enough sleep. Every night. <laughs> that is that is is showing that you're getting enough rest, really. Mm -hmm. And art therapy methods should be adopted to different situations, groups, and employees' needs. And you mentioned that earlier. There's all different types of um, art. An art therapist is required to employ a flexible mode of thinking and actions taken appropriate for the specific group in a specific situation. And you did say you had students that had ADHD, um, all different types of things. So I would imagine that it would depend upon the type of child you were dealing with as far as what type of art that might capture their attention. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing I learned, too, is that some of my students who had no self-control, I, I cannot use um, acrylic paints with them. Mm -hmm. I cannot use a lot of paints with them because of their lack of control. Right. They would just mix colors. They would, they would, it was too free. For them, mm -hmm. they needed something that was more controlled. Okay, 
So I guess that's a that's more behavioral. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I know with with those who think that um, would you say that art ther therapy needs to be taught by a professional? Most definitely, because okay. you have to be able to read the person, read what they read into what they drew, the mm -hmm. colors that they chose. Um, how they how they held their pencil or whatever they were holding when they did it, mm -hmm. and how focused they were. So it's a lot of things that go into it. That not just anybody can say I'm an art therapist. That's right. why you have to have the certification to be right. One. Absolutely. Okay. So my final question to you is: You mentioned you'll be retiring in just yes. a couple of months. How nice. Let's say six months. Yes, six okay. months. Okay. Six months, and so... What maybe eight, maybe eight. If I count, it's, it'll be June. <laughs> I'll retire in June. See, I'm making this announcement because that means I'll have to have a commitment to get out in June since I'm telling everybody it, Well, I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to call you back and say, Rosie, hey, where you at? <laughs> so what, what are your plans? To teach. Okay. I want, I want to continue to do my storytelling, and I want to teach... Um, on the college level, teach teachers how to incorporate art and how to incorporate storytelling into their classes in order to make it more interesting yes. and, in, and involving and engaging for kids. That's okay. my goal. All right. So you plan on going back into the school or is this something you'll do on a college level? Well, I dreamed it, so I don't know how it's going to happen. <laughs> okay, then I guess you'll finish that dream. Right, right. Right. Well, it has been really interesting um, just seeing all what you have done. And I know we went to a storytelling event and you were showing me some of your artwork on your cell phone. Hmm. And I got excited because I said, oh, I can make my own T-shirts. You showed me some T-shirts that you were making, that you made for three of you. Yes, yeah, so it was, and it said, blessed and highly favored. Right, and mm -hmm. I said, oh, how did you do that? And you told me you did it on your silhouette at the time. Yes. Because you've crossed over now to the cricket. <laughs> I use them both, I use them both. Okay, and I, um, so I was inspired to do that, uh, Oh, some X amount of dollars later. <laughs> I got a whole area now because um, I did share with you that it was hard learning it. It was real stressful learning the software. Um, but once you learn the software, it is just so many things you can do and so creative. I just want to let you know I'm not going home to, to do any of all of this other <laughs> stuff. No. Although it is so inspiring and um, it looks like it can be a lot of fun. Um, I'm not that gifted with uh, drawing and things like that, but I can definitely see how one can be entertained. I used to take photographs years ago, mm. but I like trees and water. Mm. I notice you're a partial to roses and flowers and yes. things like that. And people. Yes. And I would drive around like Belle Isle and, and if a tree captured me with half snow and half not, wow. it would be so beautiful. I'd get out of my car if I spotted something and just take a picture of it. That's therapeutic. Um, That's therapeutic. It was. And, and I, I kind of uh, lost that over the years mm. because, you know, so many other things get in the way. But that silhouette machine has gotten me back into my creative side. And, right. and I enjoy it. That's good. You, you, yeah. I think everybody needs to find whatever yeah. it is. You know, for some people, it's, it's, it's doing aerobics. You know, that's, right. their, that's their release. So, you know, whatever it takes, find something. Absolutely. Don't just sit and watch TV. Don't just go to the movies because that's not a real release for you. No, that's not. Not at all. Nope. Which is what I tell my students. They, they say they don't do anything. They go home, but look at the wall. No, you need to find something else to right. do. And you'll be amazed what, you know, what once you get into it, uh, if you really enjoy it. You'll know if you don't, but if you really enjoy it, you'll know how to handle it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So any final thoughts? Um, anything you want to say about art therapy in general? or uh, As far as art therapy and art um, people don't think that they're artistic. When I ask them to draw a picture, oh, I can't draw. It doesn't matter. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and that's mm -hmm. the way I feel about art. 
whatever you feel is artistic to you, that's art to you. Mm-hmm. It could be a splatter of some paint on the floor on top of some canvas or a splatter on the wall. That's right. art. Absolutely. Any of it's art. If you just want to sew three or four stitches in some fabric and sew some little patches together, that could be art. Mm-hmm. Do a collage. A collage can be a bunch of pictures you take from a magazine. Like you said, throw some Mod Podge on those pictures and then throw some paint around it. People are going to go, ooh, ah, that is so cool. And you're like, really? <laughs> right. Because they see the art in it. Yes. You may not even see it. Right. So I don't think there's a limit to what you can do as far as art. Okay. It is what you think it is to you. What would you suggest someone that has uh, no creativity at all or maybe just starting out looking for something to do in art? What would you suggest they pick up first? I don't know. I wouldn't. I can't suggest anything. I, I, okay. I, my granddaughter, I started her doing watercolor when she was three. I don't think she cares for watercolor now. Now she uses pencil and ink and uh, markers and does a lot of drawing. I didn't teach her any of that. She isn't learning any of that in school. That's just something that she felt she wanted to try. Mm -hmm. And she's very good at it. Uh, So for someone who doesn't know what they want to do as far as art, they have to find out what their passion is. So if their passion is photography, they can turn that photography into art. Mm-hmm. That can become their art. They do gallery exhibits of just photography. Right. If they have a passion for um, drawing stick figures, then go take a class at, at a community college. Take a class at the um, Senior Citizens Building. Or mm-hmm. even go to Michael's. Michael's has classes all right. the time, too. Right. Um, you can take classes anywhere anymore, just okay. for the heck of it. I took that acrylic pouring class I took it at Michael's, uh, and I learned a lot. I always I like taking classes, even though okay. I think I know a lot. I don't know everything. Right. I'm always taking classes. I like to go online, take classes online. Yes. Look at YouTube videos. Right. I'm sure you learned about oh, your yes. silhouette machine by going to YouTube. Oh yes. Google something and just right. try it. You might yes. like it. That's what okay. I think about art therapy. Great. Well, I had a um, enjoyable uh, time with you, and Thank I appreciate you. your time and sharing uh, everything about art with us, this art therapy, and it is definitely therapeutic. So it's just not something to do. It um, helps us uh, not only mentally, but physically as well. Yes, it does. And you'll feel a lot better and you'll start thinking clearer once you start relaxing and enjoying the process. Well said. And thank you, Miss Rosie. You're welcome. Thank you, Pam.